Welcome to episode 30 of the Self-Care 101 podcast with your host, Pooja K. McClymont, helping people achieve their full potential with effective self-care through wellbeing coaching. Thank you so much for listening today. Calling all mamas. <laughs> In this episode, I interview Dina McTarby from online network Kensington Mums. We talk about what it's like being a mum in the city, the importance of community, and how to manage those judgmental comments. We talk about the mummy blues, sometimes known as the baby blues, which is often associated with postnatal depression and just how common this is. Kensington Mums was established by Dina in 2011 with the aim of sharing knowledge and experiences to help fellow mums learn from one another. Today, the network commands an audience of over 48,000 London-based mums, many of whom live outside the Kensington area, but tap into the community for its blend of events, advice and connectivity. Kensington Mums has won awards for brilliance in blogging plus best website and has the support from a number of celebrity mums. Dina's vision is to expand their offering and reach mummy communities internationally. It's important for mums to be connected with like-minded ladies and Dina has truly created a powerful community of mums that can support each other at any stage of their children's lives. Kensington Mums is my personal favourite platform for mums. It's not fluffy, and you know I'm not fluffy. I have never felt that it was a judgmental space and I think that they are a truly authentic support for mums. Kensington Mums portrays the reality of motherhood, not just that picture-perfect insta-mum that we see far too often. It's open to everyone now, not just those living in Kensington, so do look them up if you want to connect with other amazing mums just like you. Hi Pooja. Thank you so much for doing this interview today. I'm really excited to talk to you about everything Kensington mums and mums in general as a mum myself. So I feel like you're my mumming guru right now. So yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm- I'm happy to be here with you and to share in the journey of motherhood. Oh, absolutely. So talking about the journey of motherhood, could you just, I think it's always better for my guests to introduce themselves, who they are, what they're doing. So tell us who you are, Dina, and about Kensington Mums. I mean, it's probably one of the biggest mum platforms out there, right? So Kensington Mums is a support network that I set up uh, eight, nine years ago go now um, as a way to meet with other moms because I felt very lonely when I had my firstborn who is now 12 Um, and so it was always an idea in the back of my mind to kind of create the support network so I only had the courage in doing it when I had my second actually it took a while but I just jumped into it because I didn't want to go back into the mummy blues that I first experienced the first time around. Right. And I felt that they were going to come back again with the second one. And that's when I decided to uh, go for it and see if whatever I had to say was shared with other moms. And it turns out I wasn't alone. Wow. So, I mean, you've grown a huge network on Facebook with Kensington Mums. Was it Facebook was your first, uh, was that where you first set up Kensington Mums or was it a blog first? What was the process? So the first step that I did was I set up a private Facebook group, uh, which was 
Kensington moms and anything that I did with my baby back then, if it was going to the park or a picnic or to the museum, I would just say where I was going and post pictures. Aww. Sometimes uh, swimming places were not very clean. And so I was shocked to see uh, moms paying so much money to, to go swimming with their kids and find dirty nappies in the swimming pool. And so I wanted to share this and raise awareness for moms not to choose mm. this kind of place and to choose another place. So together, we started creating this community and moms started joining in. Um, I actually went on a baby massage class. This, this seems like ages ago, but I remember it as if it was yesterday. And the teacher there actually grouped us all together because, you know, you're there for four, six weeks to do the massage class, baby massage class with babies. And um, it was on the NHS and she grouped us all together and shared our emails and numbers, you know, on a list. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of also sparked the idea that this is the time to do this that I've been wanting to do. And I told them, this is what I've been wanting to do. Are you okay? And adding you to the Facebook group. So we became friends yeah. and it just grew from there. One mom started telling another mom and we just became online friends and we started meeting offline as well. So it wasn't just an online support. It was also important to meet in person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it started on Facebook as a private Facebook group. Oh, amazing. And you're still very much involved. You, I know we had to cancel the Mother's Day event this coming weekend, but you know, you host lots of various different events, don't you? So are they all the, all the mums that you've met within the community that you put these events together with? So we work a lot with moms, with working moms and experts such as yourself um, to bring out awareness on anything that they do, really. Yeah. We want to support moms. We want to empower them. Uh, we want to promote what they do and um, bring in positivity to our community. So we work with them. Right now, we've put all of our events on hold, yes, including our Mother's Day event. We've also had another play session that we've canceled. Mm -hmm. And we're focusing again on our online website. We have an app. So these things, we've had them for a long time. So we've gone back into sharing tips and advice online. We're doing more Insta Live and Q&A throughout the week on our Instagram page. Um, so yes, we are spreading positivity even in these uncertain times. Uh, a mother's instinct is always right, so she should always um, be promoting what she does and following what she loves to do. Oh, I think that's really nice. I really, yeah, that 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 resonates a lot with me. Um, it's funny because some of my work has been cancelled, understandably, the, the in-person work that I do. And there was there was a part of me last week that was feeling quite anxious about this whole situation. And then literally, as I've been watching the news, it's like, well, everyone's in the same boat. All I can do is actually just lead with my passion now. And that's quite exciting in a way. So I've got a few one-on-one -on -one clients at the moment, but apart from them, I've just got 
free time in, in, in essence and I get to do the fun stuff so I was I just put a video up actually today on Instagram saying that I might ramp up the podcast because my interviewees are more available right now and you know I could maybe do a couple of shows and asking people what they want to hear about what they want to learn about because with obviously the extra time that we all have we can we can spend that on self-reflection and self-development why not like it's there I'm going to be exercising like crazy getting my weight down I've like made a really serious plan because I don't want to lose the time that we've we've kind of been given and obviously as a coach I'm talking about reframing the way you know, you look at a situation. So for me, I've now taken it as an opportunity to connect more with my audience and, and people that like yourself that, you know, we've, we've heard of each other. We've been, we've been sort of trying to get this interview together, but now we've actually met, we're engaging and it's growing our own, you know, our community within ourselves. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting time. So you mentioned when you're introducing yourself about the mummy blues. So tell me a little bit about that. When did that happen with which child and what, what actually happened during that time? So I had this when I had my firstborn. Um, I was the first one from my group of friends to uh, have a baby, be married and have this whole new journey ahead. Mm-hmm. So I had no one really to go to. Uh, for support or, or advice. The only person that actually I spoke with was my midwife back then because I had other breastfeeding uh, issues. And so she was the one who was coming home, checking up on me. Yeah. And she's the one who actually identified that I might be going to baby blues because I was always very emotional and crying for no reason. And I didn't have any family around me. My husband would go to work, not understanding what I was going through and what my hormones were doing. And so that's when I knew that I did have it. But luckily, I did meet two or three. I emphasize you don't need 100 or 20 or 30 people. Two or three people that you've met along the way who are going through the same thing as you can actually help you overcome uh, any fear, anxiety, depression that you have. So luckily, I met two lovely um, American moms who are now back in the States. And they kind of helped me get out of my my baby blues. So I managed to identify what was wrong. And without taking any medication, I must say that if you do need to take medication, seek your GP advice. I personally didn't want to because I knew that I could overcome it. Mm -hmm. And I did that through meeting like-minded moms. This was my kind of therapy. Wow, that's that's really interesting because communities are really community relationships is a very important part of our lives. And I think technology, when it came into play, it sort of started to isolate people actually from building relationships. And we can actually see with a lot of our youth that connecting in real time, real connections, they find it quite difficult. Like for them, it's natural to send a DM and it's natural to send them a snap rather than actually just pick up the phone and answer it. And I saw a lot of memes a little while ago from essentially young people's accounts that were sort of like, when the phone rings, how they sort of get scared, like, why are you phoning? You know, <laughs> send me a message and, and they won't answer the phone. So it's interesting that you say that that helped you because it is a really important part of getting through a mental health challenge to have a sense of community and some good relationships and people that you can really, really trust. And essentially these people were strangers to you. So how did you feel so able to be vulnerable with them? 
because they were vulnerable with me. <laughs> as simple as that. We met at the library for a rhyme time and the library only lasts 25 minutes, 45 minutes tops. And then everybody rushes to do what they have to do. Mm. And so with time, we kind of connected. We started speaking. Turns out she was a neighbor. So she was living nearby. Mm. We'd go to the park afterwards. So connecting offline as much as online is important. Online support is very important because you don't get to meet the other person, but you know the other person on the other end of the screen is going through similar mm-hmm. pathway as you, and she can share her tips and recommendations. Meeting offline is, I would say, an old-fashioned way, My the way our parents used to meet offline. They yeah. didn't have Instagram back then. Yeah. So then we started going to the park and walking around and doing things together, and that's when you, you I stopped feeling alone. I kind of was sharing it with her and another mommy. Okay. And how was your husband throughout this? Was he fully supportive and giving you whatever you needed during that time? Yes. No, I must say he was very supportive. He used to always come home and tell me, why am I still in pajamas? And after a while he stopped. Because, <laughs> you know, I would give him that look saying, go ask why I'm still in pajamas. But no, after yeah. You know that look where you oh, don't, that look. Yeah, don't say it. Um, I know that look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but no, he was very supportive and uh, and uh, it was only for a short period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How old are your children now? I have 12 and 8. 12 and 8, wow. So you've gone through, well, you've gone through the things that I've gone through. I mean, yesterday my son decided to pour shower gel all over my office which was uh, interesting. Yeah. So my office now smells of grapefruit, which is lovely. But (laughs) at the same time, I'm sort of going around looking to see where he's poured this because it's, yeah, it's quite challenging when you work from home and you have those extra bits to contend with. So how has having, I mean, Kensington Mums has grown, like, I mean, potentially more than you could have imagined, right? I mean, the amount of people, there's like over 10,000 people involved in that community. That's a huge number of people in a short space of time to be involved. And it's a very actively engaged community as well, isn't it? We try try to keep mums in the loop with what's on and what to do. Mm. And uh, right now with the lockdown, we're focusing more on homeschooling, what to do with kids, how to keep your sanity alive. Yeah. I think the sanity part is a big part in self-care yeah. and self-love. Um, so, yeah, we try to keep them uh, engaged as much as, as much as possible. And we try to share real, real life stories. Right. On social media, sometimes you find it to be picture perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's not how we want to portray motherhood because it's not perfect and um, you know you learn through the process different ages it just doesn't end there's different age groups and uh, I think teenage years that I'm now going through yeah turns out to be as hard as early years oh. because you know they that <laughs> they have personality and they have their say so you learn <laughs> and you share it. So I learned about by other moms with older kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, the younger moms with younger kids learn from me. I've been through it. And so it just becomes a big online community of sleepless nights and mommy runs and lots of coffee and wine. Fantastic. What, um, what I find interesting is that 
when we look at when we're, we're sort of becoming first time mums and things you you do look at social media you're reading the books about you know how to be a mum and how to live your best life your best insta life whilst being a mum and that I mean it's completely unrealistic as we know but there's also this fear of judgment when you first have a kid to make sure that you're doing all the things and then I guess in a way, there's judgment that continues as the child grows. So the school they go to, what they're educating on, how they're doing, their development, things like that. And that constant feeling of judgment, I feel like, scares some mums into connecting with other communities and being real. So do you find that people have been attracted to your community because of that non-judgmental vibe because it is it, it does feel quite judgy doesn't it being a mum and working mum at that and how our kids are developing how have you found judgment within your community you will always get judged by other moms um it's something that you can't prevent mm-hmm. but what you can do is choose what to listen to and what to kind of ignore um, so far, we've only received positivity, uh, but I, I will always say that you always get moms who are judgmental, who will send um, messages in a negative way, and that's just part of what you do. You need to accept it. Not everybody's going to like what you do. As long as you follow what you do with passion and you're helping other moms in some way, then that's more than enough. That comes from the heart, from a, from a mom to another. And a working mom is a, is a struggle by itself. You know, if you're working from home, you know that you have not just, you're not playing the mommy hat, you're playing the teacher hat, you're playing the nurse, you're playing the cook, the cleaner, and all of these, the mom taxi that I do every day. Um, so all of these, you know, they take time away from your work, away from your nine to five job that you don't really have. You kind of make your own hours yeah. fit around your kids, your house, your family. So, yes. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So have you ever felt that you've been judged in any environment as a mom? Uh, by my mom? Yes. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Me too. I would say yes, because she's the only one that I worry that all my mom about me. But anyone else who judges me will go in one ear and go out the other. Yeah. But my mom, because she's my role model, yes, she judges me now as an adult and as a mother. And she will continue doing it, I think. It won't, she's not going to change. Yes, that one definitely resonates with me. If, you know, if my son, if he coughs and I haven't given him cowpaw, my mum's like, why haven't you taken him to the doctors? There could be something wrong with him. And it's like, he's got a cough, he's fine. Like, it's not, it's not anything. And then that's it, the judgment comes into play. And I think about when I was little, when me and my brother were young, if we were unwell, a cough, a sneeze, anything, she'd be like, Take two paracetamol, you'll be fine. Have some cowpaw, you'll be fine. And just sent us on our way. We, we would never have a sick day, ever. But with my son, it's very much, oh, no, he shouldn't be going to nursery. You've got to pull him out and look after him and just do this. And I'm like, uh-huh. And uh, who, pray tell, is going to pay the bills <laughs> if I do that every, every time the boy coughs, you know? Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, that's, that's, I guess that's mums, isn't it? So... Yeah. With the community, do you find that 
the community has helped with other mums' mental well-being? Because I guess you've got mums in there who are in different stages of mum life. Yes, no, for sure. I would also say that um, it has helped them and it has connected them. London is a very cosmopolitan country. I'm originally Lebanese, brought up in London and Kensington. Mm -hmm. But London is very cosmopolitan, as you may know. We have a lot of French, we have a lot of Italians, Persians, Americans, and a lot of expats too. A lot of people come and go for work opportunities. They stay there for a few years and then they go back to their home country or they just get relocated to other countries. Come to our coffee mornings and meetups. Let's say they were both from the States and they both came roughly at the same time. And because our website is very international, I mean, anyone can be searching mommy groups and they can find it. They knew about the coffee morning. So they signed up knowing that they're going to be in London by then. And so they came to the coffee morning and they turned out to be neighbors in the States and didn't know there. And they right there for joy at the right time. And they met with kids similar ages and there they connected. So they, she wouldn't feel alone anymore. And she knew, you know, where to go, what supermarket to go to, parks, museum. Mm-hmm. She had someone to go with her while, you know, she's on maternity leave and the other mom was on maternity leave. So they were both not working and they just wanted to bond with their baby, but also with adults too. So it's not just a baby level, but also yeah. for adults as well. As well. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that I noticed the most when I was, I mean, I'm a Londoner and my, all my friends and family are in London, in different parts of London, but they're in London. And I, when I had the baby, I mean, my son was born at 30 weeks. So he was in hospital for the first two months of his life. And so when he came home, we were even more, we didn't, that wasn't normal for us. It was normal for us to go and visit our son in hospital. And when he came home, I thought that there might be like a flood of people coming over and checking in on us. And I, I, my husband and I both had this vision because of what we had seen when we were younger, what our parents' generation did, that people would be coming over a lot and looking after us and care packages and things. And we didn't have it. We had very little interaction with other people. A few people came, but not not as many as we thought would come. And so that was quite strange because my husband obviously went had to work during this time and I was staying at home with my son. And I noticed after a while, I mean, you know, as a baby, he was sleeping for a good four hours ago. And you know, after watching Real Housewives, there's not much more to do. So I very, very quickly, within three months at least of him being home, I really felt the loneliness of being a parent. And I thought, this is the strangest thing. It's not something that I had even considered would happen to me. And yet I was so lonely because my friends were at work. So it's not like I could call them during the day. And then my husband's at work, so I can't be talking to him. And you could go to certain groups. You know, there were some things that were happening in in the local park and stuff, but that would depend on the weather and whether I could take my son out. There was so many variables. And I noticed in my first year of being a mum that the biggest sadness I felt was loneliness and it was a real struggle to get over it so I guess my point is really you know to have a community where people are connecting with each other when they're not even in the same place is just 
just incredible and I find find that very inspiring I mean you've probably got lots of stories like this where where the where Kensington Mums has helped people through this loneliness that we feel right as mums I mean I will give you a small small example that now that you're speaking about this came to mind yeah once we had a German mum uh, um no, a mom who was in Germany who wanted a nappy rash cream and she couldn't, she didn't know which one to choose. So she posted on the group, I'm in Germany, my baby has a huge uh, nappy rash, what cream can I use? Mm -hmm. And again, because the community is such an international community and me not knowing all of them, I'm not going to know everyone, yeah. but one of the moms actually shared within, I think it was three or four minutes this is the best nappy cream that you can buy in germany just go to any pharmacy and ask for it and then you know 10 15 minutes later she replied saying thank you it's worked i bought it and he's happy he's not crying anymore so oh. it's tiny things like that that for a mom's life makes a big difference Completely. That's a beautiful story. I think that's that's something that I see. I felt quite lost. I didn't know how to. It's weird because my background is in marketing, so I knew about Facebook groups and mum bloggers and you know all the all the major sites. But whenever I would go on there, I didn't feel like they were. I didn't feel like I was con I, I could connect to those people, and I wasn't having the same problems. That, as they were having so I felt a little bit out of my depth to connect you know now, now having found Kensington mums I feel like that's the one I should have clicked on <laughs> but it wasn't the Kensington mum and you have said actually that Kensington mums isn't not isn't it's now expanded hasn't it to outside of Kensington as well because it, the, the way the group has worked and supported mums it's just in, inviting people from all over right so it's called Kensington Moms, but really we welcome moms from all over the world. Not all of them. I mean, the major, when you look at our data, the majority are based in the UK. Yeah. But you do also have the odd mom who used to be in London, but then she moved. And it's her choice to still be receiving our information or to just click unsubscribe. So we do still see activity in other international European countries as well. Oh, it's amazing. So what have been the most helpful things that Kensington Mums... As a, as a company, has done for its community? What do you think is like the best bit about being involved in the Kensington Mums community? I think number one would be to um, empower and inspire mums not to feel alone. Um, we've received so many emails and messages saying that the website has been a useful resource for them. It taps into information that they were looking for but they didn't know where to find it and it's all grouped together in one place mm -hmm. um and another note i would say that we also like to support charities um so we've done a lot of um fundraising if it was for uh race uh, race for life that was okay. for cancer research we've done a few of them every event a big event that we do such as a christmas fair that we've hosted for three years has always been supporting a, um, a charity and specifically charities helping women or uh, mothers in need. Yeah. So that part has also been fulfilling for us as a community that we're giving back to those in need as well. That's amazing. That's, I, yeah, I think you, could, you guys are doing an incredible job. Getting a little bit deeper now, I... I found that I've had a lot of clients come to me talking about the sort of elusive work-life balance and navigating mum life. And, you know, you've got, you might have a really big, powerful professional career, but then when you become a mum, 
you know, rushing home from the city to be with your child and then feed them and bathe them, bed them and everything that comes with all of that. I mean, even if you have a cleaner, you still clean your house, you still do stuff, don't you? And I feel like the pressures of modern parenting, it's really, really tricky to navigate. Like it's, it's almost like there needs to be a manual that comes along at the same time as things are happening because it's so ever-changing and obviously this whole work-life balancing and the juggling act of being a mum, a partner, a you know an employee or businessman, whatever it is, it's just it gets quite overwhelming and you were saying the example earlier when you were saying you know you sort of like you've got your mum hat on, your wife hat on, your your cleaner hat on, your cook hat on. And we, we obviously we're constantly wearing these hats. This is not new. And we wanted this freedom and independence, which we've been given as women. Obviously we're all pro it, but the reality is to be all those things is really, really tough. It's really tough. It, it exacerbates your mental health. It exacerbates all of your well-being as well. And it's very difficult to learn to put yourself first, especially once you've had children, because you automatically go into caring for them and their needs first, right? Husband's completely on the back burner. <laughs> you know, that's that that just happened. So what are the common challenges that you find? I mean, is this a common challenge that you find in the group with the mums about juggling work life, the pressures of being a mum in today's day and age? Can you share anything with me there? For sure. The juggle is real. And, uh, you know, if you're working or a stay-at-home mom, I believe a stay-at-home mom is more challenging than a working mom. Oh, yes. I once read that if you actually have a nine-to-five job, the time that you're commuting is considered your me time mm -hmm. and you get to go to the bathroom without an audience. So all these things are, you know, it's what a stay at home mom does. She doesn't have any commute away for me time. And when she goes to the bathroom, she actually has an audience. So it's these things that we might not realize that, you know, we are going through, but we are. Mm -hmm. So the juggle is real. There's a lot of mom guilt around if you're working long hours, if you're saying, if you're talking about a working mom working in the city, but also a stay at home mom might be working from home. Mm -hmm. And the time when she puts her kids to sleep, that's when she starts her working hours. Mm -hmm. So she literally is on, on the roll, you know, throughout the day. Um, so yes, the juggle is, I haven't found the perfect method or recipe. Um, it, I, I just do whatever comes by day by day. Mm -hmm. I do have a to-do list that I try to tick off. And this year I started doing not a to-do list, but a done list. Mm -hmm. So I've seen everything that I've done, even if it's showering, yeah. I've done that. And that took you know time away from my day. Or going to the gym, again, that took time away from my day. So it kind of boosted my um, uh, positivity and mm -hmm. made me do more actually than just saying, oh, I didn't do three of the, my to-do lists for today. I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it, actually, by doing a, creating a done list. I was thinking, I was talking to somebody recently um, on another podcast, actually, about travel, and she had created a living list. So rather than a bucket list, which is usually associated with, with passing on it was a living list so things to do whilst living and I think what you've just said the done list I think that's that's a superb way of reframing it and it definitely does it lessens the overwhelm and the pressure of a to-do list because it's 
yeah, the magnitude of it is there. What do you think has been the best things for you, for personally, for self-care, whilst having two kids, navigating another country, another environment, and all that it brings, and working, and juggling, and everything that it is, I guess, to be a woman? I think taking care of yourself is very important. It's not selfish, it's more of a necessity. So because if you are not healthy, your, as they say, health as well. If you are not healthy, you cannot take care of your kids. You cannot get out of bed. You cannot do any on your to-do list. You literally can't do anything. You'll be bed-bound. So your health is your most priority. And if that means taking care of yourself during the day, once a week, once a month, do it without feeling guilty. It took me, I would say, 10 years. My son is 12. So around 10 years now to say yes i actually go to the gym and that's something i stopped doing for 10 years because no i was supposed to be there for my son i was supposed to be uh, helping him uh, dropping him to activities making sure that there's breakfast and lunch and dinner so i neglected myself for yeah. a long long time but there will come a point and that's different for every woman and every mother to realize that no I am giving everything I can to my child and I also need someone to give back into me. Mm -hmm. And there's no better person in the world to love yourself except you. You will only be able to love yourself. No one else is going to do it better. And maybe it takes a while to get to, the, to this point without feeling the guilt, without being with someone to make you happy or being with someone to love you and take care of you. You can do it on your own. And that's like the most important thing that I would share with another mother, another woman. But I know that it takes, you know, a process. It's not easy to say, oh, take care of yourself when she's struggling. She has no help and her baby's not sleeping. She's not going to be thinking, oh, I'm going to go and have a massage. Yes. And that's not going to do her thing. No. She needs help. She needs somebody to be with her, to make her coffee, to make, to cook for her. So these little things in a mom's life, depending on, you know. Yeah, I, th I think what you're saying is absolutely right. I, it just it really just resonated with me because when I was, when I was at home with my son, people would say, you know, uh, do you need anything? And I was like, yeah, I need someone to clean my house and I need someone to help me cook or go to the supermarket and get some ingredients. That it was what I needed was very different to what I thought I might need during that time. And if I had just had a little more help with those sorts of things, I think it would have made a massive difference. This is more so when, when my son was in hospital. It was, you know, people couldn't really do anything, but they actually could do something. And I'm going to shout out my mum here because usually I'm telling her off in my podcast and blaming her for everything, everything bad in my life. But this time I'm going to shout her out because when we were in hospital, she was mind-blowingly incredible. And I, I, I mean, it chokes me up to this day and it probably will forever, but she was you know, she's not, she drives, but she's not a confident driver. And she would drive an hour and a half every single day herself, or she'd make my dad drive to the hospital and she would be there for hours. And every time she came, she came with a meal and the food was 
always vegetarian because we believe that, you know, that produces the best milk. So she would make very, you know, those, all the old wives' tales, dishes, she would bring those with her. She would make enough for my husband. And she said, right, you two, that will last you two days. And then I'll bring you something new and apologize to Dwayne that it's all vegetarian. I was like, no, no, my God, he's more appreciative that, you know, it's even happening. And she would be there and she would just, I mean, she would take all of my rubbish, like, you know, because I was very hormonal, obviously, and everything else. But actually, the fact that I didn't have to think about food was such a big weight off my shoulders, because when we did come home with the baby... I had to think about it. I had to think about feeding my husband. I had to think about feeding myself and and going to the shops. And my brain was still not, I guess, used to being a mum yet. And I I couldn't get it right. Like I couldn't get the juggle right and what I needed to get from the supermarket. And when I would do online shopping, I would literally just look at the grocery section of the website and just be like, I don't know. I don't know what to cook. So that was a really big help actually to get that. And I, I just, yeah, when you said it about the, the kind of help that we need in order to put ourselves first, doesn't, it's not necessarily just going for a massage or going to the gym. It's those other things that take so much time away from us. No, for sure. And uh, I think what your mom has done is amazing. I know, I know we all have struggles with our moms but it's during these tough times that you realize that the power of a mom no one can replace no one can replace the mother's love or what she does you know out of her whole body she does for her kids it's out of this world and that's something that um, we should all be blessed with yeah and I also wanted to add something that you were saying when your when your son was was in hospital Uh, there's a saying that goes it takes a village to raise a child i like to add that it takes a village to be a mother you know it's there there is a behind child so that's how that's why it's so important to find your village to find your mama tribe to find those two people that you can connect with Mm -hmm. um and stick to them it's very important for your sanity for your mental health for um for your for you for your well-being Yeah, I think that's probably one of the best tips. Like if I was giving a tip about, you know, to a new mum, it's that it's finding a couple of mama tribes and they don't have to be mums who you connect with. They just need to be empathetic, you know, and that's, that's, that's enough. But I have, because I know a lot of people like my, my brother and his girlfriend, they don't have kids. And my son adores her, you know, adores my my brother's fiance actually, adores her. Like she is his favorite person and I can call on her whenever I need like last minute, you know, urgent help and stuff like that. And it's, it's an absolute godsend because it gets too much. Like my parents are great, but it gets too much to ask them all the time. And my son is a lot. So... <laughs> Um, we did, we actually, it's funny when you said that about the tribe, because I was living about an hour away. I was living in North London for the last 12 years in my own place. And it was fine. I enjoyed obviously living in London because everything was just easy to get to. And we made a really big decision to move closer to my mum because we wanted support in the same way we were getting it. But I wanted to put less pressure on them because my son would have to stay over for like a couple of nights if I just needed to work one late night or something. So we did that. And that was, that was the main reason to be close to family. But the other reason was to be closer to 
friends who like you say are your tribe and I realized that by moving closer I was able to spend time like randomly phone a friend and say you know what you up to it's Friday afternoon I'm going mad (laughs) can I share the madness with you and I've done that with a few friends and it's made such a difference to how I get through each day, I guess, because I'm, I'm a working mum, I'm working at home and I go into the West End and I'm, you know, I'm at home a lot. So I'm also cook cleaner, et cetera. And by having my tribe, it has really made a difference to my mental health, to me getting time alone. And now we're like me and my friends are in that place where it's like, if you want to go on a date night, you can leave the child with us. And I'm like, oh my God, we've entered this new zone where I don't have to put all that pressure into my parents. And I know it's not pressure for them, but you feel it, don't you? Like to just, if it's the same people all the time, unless you're paying for care. And I think that, yeah, what you're saying about having that tribe is probably, that would be my top tip for sure. Like to any new mum, to make sure you've got that tribe at hand or you can identify them when you become a mum as well. Totally, I agree. And always trust your instinct. Like uh, you connect with people that you, your vibe attracts your tribe. That's what I wanted to say. You connect with people who get you and who understand you when you're high up and happy and you're low down and crying. Uh, That's again something that social media doesn't uh, portray. They only show the good side of things and the happy moments. But we all know that we have low times and we all, all of us, I must say, including me, have always locked ourselves in the bathroom crying and then coming out mm-hmm. saying, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. But it's just made you feel better. So these things is not something that social media shows you. But we all know that we go through it. Yeah, 100%. Wow. You know, I think we can end it there. I'm so grateful for you to be on the show. I think that was a nice little conversation about the struggle being real as a mum and, you know, that those pressures are real that we're going through being a parent in modern day. It's it's really tough. And I think, honestly, what you're doing with Kensington Mums is so superb to have that community. And I like what you said about accepting that there are going to be judgmental people. I think that's really important. It's something that I talk about with clients that you can't control what other people are going to do. You can only control what you do and how you receive that information. And I think that that's, that's something quite powerful and that obviously very empowering for women if they know that the judgment's going to be there, but you know what you're doing and you've got to trust that within yourself. And yeah, I mean, Please go ahead and promote anything you'd like at the moment for for Kensington Mums. I'm just so grateful that you were able to do the show. I know how busy you are as well. Originally planned to be, but due to the current situation, I think online is the way to go. And I just want to, if I had to say one thing at the end is, there's no way to be a perfect mother, but a million of ways in being a good one. So do what you do from the heart Mm -hmm. and love yourself and be yourself. That's what matters. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Dina, for doing the podcast for me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to you, Pooja, and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review so that other people like you can find the show. For more tips and tricks, 
you can follow me on the socials at Frankly Coaching or visit my website to find out more about my coaching programs and how to work with me at franklycoaching.com. Talk to you soon.